Hello to anyone listening and welcome to the Patriotic Communists. This is Max Rice and this is the podcast where I advocate for a socialist revolution in the United States of America and where I analyze current events from a far left perspective. We are in the historical context where we choose socialism or barbarism and that has never been more true. In this episode, for current events, I do my best to summarize the whole Julian Assange situation, how what happens to him is so important to our press freedom as a nation, and why we need to release him out of custody immediately. And then I spend some time talking about socialism. So thanks for listening. I hope you all enjoy. And without further ado, time for current events. For the current events this week, I'm going to talk about Julian Assange. And I'm going to try to I'm going to try my best to summarize the situation that is happening regarding WikiLeaks, and I'm going to do my best to analyze the real reason the United States government sees him as an enemy, as well as stress the grave implications and forces that are in play here. Julian Assange is an Australian editor, publisher, and activist who founded WikiLeaks in 2006. WikiLeaks is an international nonprofit organization that, pub- that publishes news leaks, and classified media provided by anonymous sources. WikiLeaks is a completely credible source. Not once have they uh, ever released false content. They're one of the few effective organizations at holding the people in power accountable for their behavior, largely due to their credibility. And all of these things made Julian Assange a target for many powerful and violent people, as well as governments, mainly the United States and its war industry. One of the key accomplishments of WikiLeaks was the leaking of the documentation of war crimes in Iraq that was provided for by the brave patriot veteran whistleblower Chelsea Manning. She gave WikiLeaks a lot of damning material which exposed the lack of honesty, care, and humanity our military showed regarding civilian lives in our unjust war in Iraq. And she did this because she believed the American people had the right to know what was happening with our tax dollars overseas in combat. And you know what? They did have the right to know. We have the right to know. Her punishment for this noble act was severe. Obama's administration charged Chelsea Manning with a lot of crimes, including the 1917 Espionage Act, which is a law that is pretty much designed to prosecute people that get in the way of the United States war machine, and nowadays it is used against whistleblowers. This was all a blatantly authoritarian move, without a doubt. And while I'm on the subject, I think it is worth mentioning uh, the war against whistleblowers that Barack Obama waged during his administration that a lot of Democratic voters in this country seem to be unaware of, and Republican voters, as people are unaware of this. But the reality of the matter is that during the Obama regime, there were eight prosecutions under the Espionage Act, which is more than double those under all previous presidents combined. He broke norms, he made significant authoritarian moves during his administration, and now Donald Trump is president, and those terrifying powers have been handed to him. Anyways, the Obama administration did not charge Julian Assange or the WikiLeaks organization with anything due to the fact that they did not have any evidence that he committed any crimes. 
All Julian Assange did was the same thing any good journalist would do. The Obama administration was not willing to make such an aggressive move against the freedom of press since the Iraq logs are very comparable to many uh, releases mainstream news outlets have done in the past. For example, the Pentagon Papers that the New York Times released back in 1971. Obama did not want to make prosecuting news organizations a normalized thing. Keep in mind, what Julian Assange did was receive classified information and then make the decision the public needed to know about the war crimes their government did, crimes that are being committed in their name, and then he published his findings in order to expose the truth. That is the very essence of journalism, holding the powerful accountable to the truth. Now, unfortunately, this did not mean that they were willing to give up on going after Julian Assange. When they locked up Chelsea Manning, they tortured her for information regarding the transaction of classified materials between WikiLeaks and specifically whether or not Julian Assange had played a role in obtaining the classified information in the first place. They did this because playing a role in obtaining the information is a crime, but simply receiving the information and publishing it is not a crime. And uh, that's actually what happened. And when you torture someone, they will tell you whatever you want them to tell you, as long as they think it might stop you from continuing to torture them. So it was a coercive technique in order to prosecute Julian Assange while keeping the freedom of press, I guess, relatively intact, at least in their own fucked up minds. So they were trying to craft a false narrative through depraved and violent means that violated the most basic of human rights in order to have the material they needed in order to indict Julian Assange for a crime that he did not commit. Weird. It seems like they were trying to destroy WikiLeaks, kind of. Seems like they were really bending over backwards, and that was because they know WikiLeaks is a constant threat to their lies. Now, Chelsea Manning is truly a hero. She was tortured and never told them what they wanted to hear. She stayed strong to the truth. And this is one of the reasons that Manning is truly a hero and should be seen as such among all Americans. Now, Chelsea Manning was initially detained in 2010, and the court case went on for a long time and resulted in a sentence, ultimately, of 35 years in prison. Her sentence was commuted in 2017 by Obama on his way out, pretty much, seven years after she was initially detained. And thank God Obama did this. Perhaps it was his conscience, perhaps it was out of concern over his legacy, who knows. But also, just to be real, it's hard to give him too much credit. It's like thanking the person that stabbed you for covering your medical bills. Now, I really wish this was the end of her suffering. She deserves all of our gratitude for standing up to power and exposing their lies and never compromising her principles or love for this country, even under tremendous pressure. Really an inspiration. Unfortunately, though, the Trump administration has been going after Julian Assange and WikiLeaks more aggressive than the Obama administration even did and demanded that Chelsea Manning basically throw Julian Assange under the bus by showing up to testify against WikiLeaks to a grand jury in a non-transparent process. She refused and said that she is not willing to participate in the secretive process uh, that was set up uh, against Julian Assange behind closed doors, and she got sent back to jail for contempt of court. 
So again, just another example of her never giving up on her principles. In this case, she was refusing to testify in a bullshit court case that was set up against Julian Assange and ultimately against the freedom of press. She's been released again about a year later. Now fast forward to 2018, and the Trump administration is taking it much farther. You know how Obama didn't want to normalize prosecuting news organizations for their news? Well, the Trump administration apparently doesn't give a fuck. In 2018, uh, Julian Assange got an indictment that is very blatantly antithetical to the First Amendment. A criminal indictment. They are attempting to charge Julian Assange with the Espionage Act uh, for receiving classified information from Chelsea Manning and then publishing it through WikiLeaks. This is scary shit right here. This is a direct attack on the freedom of press. They have historically used the Espionage Act against whistleblowers, i.e. the people who stole the classified information to begin with. But they've never tried to charge the publisher of the classified information with the Espionage Act before. This is unprecedented. This is crude authoritarianism. Now, add on top of that, Julian Assange was holding asylum in the Ecuador embassy in the UK, but they kicked him out and handed him over to the UK authorities who are going to ultimately extradite him to the United States, where our government is going to prosecute Julian Assange and WikiLeaks simply for being journalists and put Assange in prison literally forever. And this is where we are now. If this ends up really happening, that means there is no freedom of press anymore. That is a death blow to the First Amendment. We already lost our Fourth Amendment with the NSA surveillance program that Edward Snowden uncovered, who, by the way, is another whistleblower that the Obama administration charged with the Espionage Act. Now, the reason I'm talking about this today is because of more bad news related to Julian Assange, and it's related to this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Right now, Julian Assange is being held in Belmarsh Prison. And in this facility, 150 prison staff are infected with the virus or self-isolating because they're in contact with someone infected. And there are two known deaths of inmates, but that number is thought of to be higher by Julian Assange himself. Experts are on record in saying that Assange shows very clear signs of psychological torture, and it has been taking a toll on his mental and physical health. Also, on top of that, he suffers from a chronic lung condition, and COVID-19 is a viral illness that often causes respiratory illness, so this virus is no doubt an imminent threat to his life. More than 65 renowned medical doctors from the UK and around the world have issued an open letter calling for urgent action to protect the life of Julian Assange, and they did because of pretty much the reasons I just told you. But all calls for his protection have been shot down and ignored callously by the UK court system. This is the virus doing their dirty work. And we need to be louder than ever about Julian Assange, his freedom, and human rights before it is too late. This is definitely a subject that I will be returning to and following very closely. And I know I left out a lot of information. Uh, WikiLeaks has done a huge number of things over the years. They, In 2016, they did those DNC leaks about uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign, and 
I'm sure there's countless other things. I have lots of reading up to do and everything. I've known about their situation for a long time and everything. But now that I have a podcast, I will go the extra mile and really look into the details and everything. Anyways, it's time for the general case for socialism, the second part of my podcast. So, For this episode, I'm going to do the first part of a segment that I'm calling the general case for socialism. This is where I am basically adding context and perspective to why I am a socialist and how it relates to the state of our planet and collective humanity in this day and age. I want to be clear throughout this podcast that everything I say is only a reflection of my personal beliefs, and I'm always open to changing them based on new information and perspective if it is compelling enough. I do not speak for socialists in general. I only speak for myself, and I do my very best to be intellectually honest and actually understand different ideologies and their respective perspectives in an honest way. So if anyone wants to talk politics or send me sources with opposing opinions or just want to send me a news story that they think I should check out, I am more than open to this. I'm welcome to I am very welcome to it. And I hope y'all pull through and email me. My email is simply the patriotic communist at gmail.com. Uh, and that's pretty much the same with all of my pages, uh, pretty much. And uh, if you email me, I promise I will reply. The only reason I wouldn't would be because for one reason or another, I did not receive it. And in that case, uh, try again, maybe DM my Instagram or something. And uh, if I find an email exchange particularly valuable, I will share it and my thoughts on it right here on my podcast. Anyways, time for part one of the general case for socialism. The first point I feel like I need to make is that when I'm talking about socialism or democratic socialism, I'm not talking about social democracy. Social democracy is an ideology that is about fixing capitalism through the means of regulation and redistribution of wealth. This is a political concept that works alongside capitalism, and it is not fundamentally a different economic system. Socialism requires the overthrow of capitalism, and it is not an ideology that works alongside capitalism. It is an ideology that requires replacing capitalism with a different system of production and distribution. Put in the most simple terms, social democrats want to reform the capitalist system and socialists want to overthrow it. In the United States, this is a common misconception, especially due to Bernie Sanders calling himself a democratic socialist when in reality, his policies reflect those of a social democrat. The reason I am a socialist instead of a social democrat is very simple, and it is because whoever owns the means of production is who has the real power in a society. And in social democracy, you ultimately leave that in the hands of the few. So that's really the root of the reason. And while in socialism, you put it into the hands of the workers. In other words, into the hands of the people. I would also mention that in theory, social democracy is inherently authoritarian, since it focuses on redistribution of wealth through means of force. In a socialist economic system, you redistribute resources and wealth at the source by giving the means of production to the workers and having an economy that is run by worker co-ops at the root, which, in effect, 
extinguishes private ownership of businesses and makes it so that the decisions in a company are made democratically. This is not an authoritarian idea. This is an inherently democratic idea, actually. But the idea of having a government take away someone's wealth that they own through means of taxation or whatever else and give it to the public through force, that is authoritarian by definition, which I find ironic because I hear people say that Marxism is authoritarian in progressive media while they're advocating for a system with legitimate authoritarian economic tendencies. I'm not saying that it's some incomparable level of authoritarianism or anything, but social democracy, I mean, that's part of the economic system, is you need a government that practices forms of authoritarianism in order for it to work. And in my opinion, that's a limiting factor that's pretty open to human error. When in a socialist system, uh, that's just not the case. Capitalism is the current dominant economic system of the world. And it is essential to understand what it is in order to understand the necessity for a socialist economic system. In capitalism, money is what runs everything. And the way you make money comes in many different forms, but probably the most common way is through employment. You go to an interview, talk about pay, sign a contract, and they give you a steady income in order for you to pay for your necessities and luxuries, such as shelter, land, food, clothes, and any consumer good you can think of. More often than not, the employer's leverage in this transaction is having more money and owning or working for an owner of a business, which makes the money that you don't have, but you need in order to make a living. The fundamental way that business owners make money in capitalism is by selling goods and services at a cost that is more than what, is actually, than what it is actually worth. And this disparity is called a profit. And by paying the least amount of money on any cost in the process, whether this be materials, production, distribution, labor, and anything else, uh, that also results in a higher profit. So... They have the incentive of profit, more often than not, profit alone. So this is how I would summarize the incentives of the current economic system. Some of the problems that arise out of this incentive structure include the outsourcing of jobs, the destruction of the environment, and the profiting off of endless foreign intervention and warfare, the rise of inequality, the complete corruption of our political institutions, the lack of basic protections and benefits for many workers, and the list goes on. There are many negative psychological aspects to this system as well, and it has proven to not be compatible with human nature at all. It results in power consolidating in unhealthy amounts to the point where mass starvation occurs every day on this planet in the 21st century. Literally thousands of deaths from this mess of a system. Third world countries endlessly exploited because desperate workers are willing to work for less money. The illegal immigrants in this country are endlessly exploited for the same reason, and then they are demonized as if the flaws of this system are to blame on the ones that are most oppressed by it. Yeah, sure, this system pulls some people out of poverty, but only at the expense of forcing others to stay in poverty, and having all the power in society concentrated among the few, while the many are to be grateful and shut up. Now, no doubt, capitalism has its benefits in societies, and it beats the, the, the economic systems that came before it. 
I don't disagree with that. And also capitalism in general is the only reason that we are in a place in this world where we can actually speak about socialism and communism in a way that's, that's easily comprehensible to happen. It's because of the technology and the infrastructure that capitalism has produced for us. Socialism and communism is only a result of capitalism. It could not exist without it. Capitalism was an extremely important step, but it is outdated, and we need to change it because now it's, it's obscene that we still use it, frankly. Anyways, that ends the first part of my Socialism 101 segment. Uh, let me know what you think. Disagree? Have any other thoughts? Uh, email me and all of that. Uh, I will continue to do this segment. Thanks for listening and feel free to send me an email if you have any suggestions or feedback or if you would just want to talk politics. I am the patriotic communist at gmail.com. Also, check me out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, on all these websites. I'm simply the patriotic communist. Anyways, stay safe, y'all, and look out for each other. I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Patriotic Communist. All of the music you heard in this podcast was produced and performed by me, Max Rice. And if you would like to check it out, just search Max Rice on any streaming platform. That's M-A-X-R-I-C-E. Yes, like the food, Rice. This is Max Rice signing off. Direction of attention benefits big powers. I mentioned y'all try to lessen questions and attentions. Money equals power. We gotta kill this connection. These force fed concepts make no sense. How y'all hating immigrants and we controlled by the one percent. Zombified by screens, dehumanization comes easily. All here are Americans' premises, but this line of thought is a normality full of fallacies while we stay combative overseas. Lies and more lies as far as I can see, and no one cares because of. The mass distractions We're expected to not question How the government uses our taxes Unless it's helping people Then they rebel like that's all to see Though we need to free the people We need a fucking hero We need some MLK, FDR style of change We're full of pain and ignorant But won't live in fear Though we need some yellow vest Bulletproof vests and bold claims We need that fire in our hearts that can't be tamed We need to reject and correct Our collective violent actions But it won't happen Fuck we're all distracted.